You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. Well, we have Alan Ginsberg in the studio with us here uh, today, and uh, we uh, just want to point out he's a member of the AM Ginsberg, uh, Ginsberg Advisory Group, excuse me, LLC. They are separate entities, independently owned and operated. AM Ginsberg Advisory Group, LLC Securities offered through Securities America, Inc. Member FINRA SIPC, Advisory Services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. AM Ginsberg Advisory Group and Securities America are separate entities. Well, once again, here's the colonel. Wow. I, I never get an introduction like that. Very official. I know. I know. That's because you're totally unregulated. Is that why? I'm, I'm totally I'm, unregulated? I mean that in every way. I understand. Excuse me. I need to run out for a second. <laughs> well, Alan, thanks for coming in today. Uh, uh, oh, it's a pleasure, Paul. You know, I, I want to talk a little bit on the positive side about things. I, I've gotten in a habit. I get to see um, recruits at the sheriff's office the first day mm-hmm. that they come in. And really? I have to talk to them about a couple of uh, different issues. I, I do a, a class on ethics for <laughs> law enforcement. And um, well, we take that seriously. It's not, it's really not a la- you know, joking matter or anything. That's, you know, they, it's inculcated right from the very beginning, what the expectations are, what the sheriff's expectations are. And, uh, you know, I, I get to give them that little talk. But another thing I talk to them about, uh, about some of the protections they have, uh, you know, in their role and things like FMLA and other things that, uh, uh, other types of protections, God bless you. And, um, uh, but I always take about five minutes at the end um, because before, sometime after I'm done talking, a guy usually comes in from, uh, and Alan, you know, uh, for four, what is it, four fifty-seven or the um, deferred comp programs? Yep. And I, I put a I put a spreadsheet up on, on on the screen for these young kids, and I show them uh, what the cost of their first uh, truck is going to be over the over their lifetime. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, you know, an eight hundred dollar payment for five years, yeah. and what that what that's going to cost them in terms of investments in a lifetime. And I show them if they put, you know, if they max out their Roth IRAs for just five or six years and then never do another thing, when they're 60, they're going to have well over a million dollars in the bank. Yeah, I think it's hard for a young kid to understand that. I know I had a hard time when I was pushed into my, my first boss in the Army made me sit down with a financial guy. And, I, you know, I'm still thankful. I, I resented it at the time that... He was presumptuous to think he had, you know, I'm, I'm a smart college kid. I graduated from the University of Rochester. Uh, and what did I need this guy with a southern accent telling me what to do with my money? Um, but I, I'm still thankful today that, uh, you know, he sat, he for, pretty much forced me to sit down with this financial guy, my wife and I. And, you know, we, we started investing right at the very beginning of our time in the Army and our marriage and everything else, and it definitely pays off. So uh, the positive thing is to tell people is I think I, I think you'd probably like to talk to your, some of your clients' kids when they first get married and stuff and just say, listen, I'm not going to tell you where to do it, but just do something. Put some money away every paycheck. Get used to it. You'll not miss it when you have it come right out of your paycheck, and it'll pay off over and over and over again uh, if you get in the habit of doing that when you're young. Yeah. Well, th- that's the thing. If you if you can start young, you'll you'll uh, 
most people realize that if you start young, over time, when you take a look, 30, 20, 30, 40, you're going to find out you really have a large amount of money and you didn't put in as much as you have thought you would. I think there, the old study says if you start at 20 and you put money away for 10 years, stop. You'll have, you know, like $1,000 or whatever a year, or whatever, and you're going to have X number of dollars. But if you wait till you're 30 and start, you've got to go for a lot longer period of time and a larger amount of money to have the same amount right. down the, the end of the road. Right. And I know I know when you, you first get on, I tell these young youngsters that are coming in, uh, it's nice. It might be the first time in your life you've got a, a definite paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got benefits. You know, you've got what you need. And you've been waiting all that time. And you see everyone about buying that new truck. That, I just uh, and I just try to show them you know, the power of compounding and uh, uh, that allows them to set themselves up for for comfort and success in their futures. You know, with most law enforcement, it's either a twenty or twenty five year retirement. Yep. You know, a, most people work a lot more than that. Many of them go on to work have second or even third careers uh, in law enforcement because it is one of the few places where there still is a twenty or twenty-five year fixed, re- you know, retirement. Right. Um, but uh, uh, you can you can really do well starting young. And yeah. I, I I hope I was able to show my kids that when they were young. Um, you know, I, when they were old enough to understand what we were doing. You know, we started out by rolling coins. I never spent any change. I used to, back in the day when you used to use cash for stuff, uh, every bit of change went into a jar. And when the jar got full, whoever helped me roll it got 60%. The other <laughs> sibling got 40%. And, um, That's a good way of doing it. Yeah. They, someone had it. It was laborious yeah. rolling the change. And but it gives you an idea of what stuff you know is worth right and you know open their their kids bank accounts at usaa mm-hmm. and right. um you know started showing them when statements would come in and it, you know it's pretty amazing over the course of their just their childhood even before they were old enough to work just taking that change and doing that watching it accumulate so um i'm i'm, I'm hoping it, it sensitized them that and it sounds like from talking to them now they don't tell me everything that's going on that you know they've at least have an appreciation for for saving some but uh i think today people are always looking for immediate satisfaction and you got to strike a balance in life that's the other thing too you can't i i also have a lot of friends that were frugal to say the least because they were going to do everything when they retired and you know, life's nothing's for sure in life, right? We know that. We yeah, all know that. We've we know all had that. that's something we're learning uh, recently. <laughs> so, I, you, you know, it's funny when you say that the rolling change. I mean, for years, I've always, whenever I had change in my pocket, you know, I just put it away, right. put it away, and right. then, I mean, I bought a couple of TVs that way, <laughs> just using the change after a while. You have a change sorter? Uh, no, <laughs> me. Like yeah. a grandchild. But or here's the other part, though. Not as many people use cash. Right. Well, I, as, you know, I haven't filled up today. that jar in, in seven or eight years yeah. because you just don't, you know, use so much. My brother was way ahead of his times. So my brother, every place we went, would use a credit or a debit card. Why don't you carry cash? He just didn't. Now we all find ourselves more times than not. Can't, you're right. So I haven't filled up that jar probably in seven years. When I used to 
we used to empty it at least two or three times a year, the oh, same yeah. jar, um, and roll it. And, and I did have, actually, I did break down and buy, Bob, I did break down a little sorter. Um, Simonelli's carry no cash, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, there's that. nothing to get from me. That's right. <laughs> Push a one button and all the credit cards are turned off. So don't, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, a, don't, don't make me a, a target. You're not going to see much, but, yeah. uh. I mean, half the time I go, you know, and I go to Tim Hortons in the morning for coffee, it's like, here's the card. Right. Do it real quick. I don't, you know, sit there and say, okay, $3, here's 3 here's $4, you know. Get it's funny, in Canada, like in Canada, they uh, they eliminated pennies years ago. Did they? Yeah. Have they already? Yeah. Uh, every, mm-hmm. Everything that you do up there, they round up or down. Okay. Wow. Yeah. To, to the but wait a minute, I, I still get Canadian pennies. Well, there's probably still in circulation, but they don't. They don't make them. They, they, they don't, don't make them. They don't. They, I don't think they accept them. Uh, really? At retail. Yeah. That's interesting. That was like when we were in the service. You know, when I when we first started in the service, you used to get they you get in line and get paid. I used to like the pay line. Oh, I hate it. It was the worst. As an officer, it was the absolute worst. Were you ever out in the field with a guy with a cash box and a sidearm? No, that was. That was me. I had to do that once. It was the worst. It was the worst forty-eight hours of my life uh, in the peacetime army. No kidding. Well, they put you in a room. They put you in a cage. I would hate to do it. Yeah, they put, I, I feel sorry for they you. They put you in the cage with this massive briefcase. You open it up. It's got like three quarters of a million dollars in it in twenties. Oh right. Wow. So you got to sit there and you got to count it. And they're all new bills, so they're all stuck together. Ugh. So you start the, at 7 o'clock the day before payday. Oh. And you're sitting there and you got to count these bills $750,000 in bills and make sure that it's exactly what they say it is. I'll tell you the rest of the story when you come back. I'm hearing some music here. We'll be back shortly with more of Valor Radio. Okay, and we bump out with uh, for the edification of uh, the captain here. This is Sandy Shaw's original version of. Of the Bacharach David oh, composition. Always something there to remind me. Redone by Naked Eyes in the 80s. There is always something there to remind me. When shadows fall, I pass a small cafe where we would dance at night. And I can't help recalling how it felt to kiss and hold you tight. Oh, how can I forget you? Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old 
scheduled in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Finger Lakes Fire and Casualty, Route 227, Trumansburg, New York. The colors are red for valor, white for innocence, and blue for justice. Our nation's flag proclaims liberty for all, and our military service members continue to fight for the right to live in freedom. Honor their service and sacrifice with an American-made flag from the Stars and Stripes Flag Store. Visit eflagstore.com to shop now. All proceeds support Veterans Outreach Center and local veterans. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Ventix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. You're listening to Fallow Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. And this is just for the, uh, we're going to thrill uh, the Colonel, uh, the Captain, one more time here. Here's another original version. Sometimes I feel I've got to run away. I've got to get away from the pain you drive into the heart. No. Gloria Jones, British soul singer, 1965. Oh, you're blowing me away. She married Mark Boland, the lead singer of T-Rex. Bang a gong? Bang a gong, get it on. I like it. Oh, this is a great version of this. Let's check it out for a second here. Tainted love, oh my gosh. Isn't that cool? All right, back to the Colonel. Bring us in here, Colonel. All right, thanks. Uh, so we were talking about before break, uh, getting paid in the military in the old days. So being the pay officer was a horrible duty. <laughs> that You'd go to the finance office, they'd put you in this caged-in room, every lieutenant, that separate cages, literally, with a table and, and a chair. I bet. And a table, and you just... They'd hand you a briefcase full of cash. They'd tell you how much was in there. You had to count it to confirm. And I said it was a lot, always new bills. So they were always stuck together. Mm-hmm. So you had to go so slow. So it would take all day to count the cash. Then the next morning you get what did there. You, what would you do if you had an anomaly like, or you had a you go deficit. back and count again because finance never made a mistake. So you'd go back and count again and count again until you believed you had exactly what they said. If finance never made a mistake, why do you have to count it? Right. Well, (laughs) so uh, 5 o'clock the next morning, 4.30 the next morning, you're standing at the finance office. You sign for your briefcase, which you locked the day before and put back in a vault. And you got one soldier with an M16 with one magazine that he wasn't allowed to put in the rifle. Um, you had a forty five with one magazine, which you weren't allowed to put in your forty five caliber. <laughs> Useful weapons. Um, and you'd go to your headquarters, your battalion headquarters, and you'd set up in the headquarters a table, and the guard would stand behind you with his M16 at port arms. Now, the night before, did you keep the, the uh, 
briefcase no, no. in yeah, a safe? After you finished it, you locked it up, took the keys with you for that briefcase, and it went back in a vault at the finance office. Oh, it did? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So right. now you're sitting there. So the soldiers come by, and you look on there, Momano, and you made me think of it when you said about the pennies, because the military never went... You never got change. Your bill, your, your pay was always a whole dollar amount. Yeah. So Momano, $973. So I'd sit there, count out in 20s, nothing bigger than a 20. Have to count really? out. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. no. Count it out in 20s. And then ah. you check it again. And then you check it a third time. Then you'd make them count it in front of you. So that's the fourth time. And then they'd sign. How long did this take? I was going to say it'd take it all day. Well, luckily, the, the younger soldiers were making like $300 <laughs> or something, so you could count that out a lot faster. So you go through this for a battalion, an armor battalion might be 560 oh, people. God. Oh, the officer's probably the most insufferable of all. Um, and they want to make sure that every every penny is accounted for. Accounted for. So you go through this. Now the fun starts. <laughs> so now you got to go back to finance and reconcile what you paid Ooh. with what you've got left in I the briefcase. I hate reconciliation. Dear God. So now you count it out, and it looks like you got $20 extra. Oh, no, <laughs> you're no, you're $20 short. Okay. So do you say, I'm really tired. I'm just going to throw a 20 in there. And But here's the I'll problem. I bet that happens a lot. Wait a minute. No, but here's the problem. Because you throw a 20 in there, and then finance counts it the next day, and there's an extra 20. And that you, means you shorted some soldier $20. Oh, so now you are geez. a criminal for shorting a soldier oh, no. $20. So you got to sit there and oh, make sure no. everything works out perfectly. And how many soldiers are you talking about? Um, well, in an armor battalion, there might be 500 Ooh. or so. Oh, you know. my God. Did you know? <laughs> Did you ever have somebody come back and say, Paul, excuse me. Excuse me, Cardinal. Well, it was a lieutenant, I'm, I'm, but it, no, lieutenant, no, no, um, you gave me $20 too much. Trying no. to figure out this number here. It's not working. No, I only had to do it once. I only had to do it once, and it was the worst two and a Ugh. half, three days of my life. Because until you hear back from finance. The only thing comparable to it, I think, if you've ever had to do it, was to be the CMS custodian. ComSec material. Oh, the, yeah. The, the, co the KMAT stuff. Right. Or, I, I don't know if you ever had to deal with that, but I did. What is that? Um, well, everything's uh, in, in the in the in the operational world of the Navy is uh, c coded, uh, and you have to have you have to have an uh, authentication, and and to get authentication, you have to use a uh, like a code word card or a uh, or a key mat that goes into your into your device, like a, a you know a, an, a, an encryption, a, an encryption, it, it, right? It, it encrypts your right. device, mm -hmm. uh, consistent with all the other devices in the world, so that. When you talk into yours, it encrypts it. When it gets to the other end, it decrypts it. Right. So that there's there's physical encryption devices so, that, so that attach to Comsec material system is is a system of uh, issuing the the coded material to people, and they're all accountable for it. Like when you issue it to somebody, like a, a sheet a sheet with the with the codes on it, uh, you have to get it back. They they put it in a little thing that they wear around their neck when right. they're flying. And uh, and uh, you have to account for all of it, and and uh, every single sheet that comes out of the book has to be uh, authenticated by two people, two person integrity, and of course everything was made worse by John Walker in the in the mid eighties. Uh, it was just a mess. So, in the army, you used to carry before they had encrypted radios. You'd carry something called a CEOI which I don't remember what the acronym stands for right now because mm -hmm. of my feeble mind, but it was a thick book. It was about this thick. Mm. And if you wanted to send a message, 
you would have to convert your message. Like, I need fuel. It would be sets of three <laughs> digits based on the day. Right. And so you'd send Alpha, Charlie, Delta, X-Ray, Zulu, Mary, you know, like that. And that would be your message. And you see, you'd have to, they used to say, shack up the message and then decode it when it got to the other end. Because you couldn't send anything clear over the radio before we had encrypted radios. Well, these COIs were, were protected and... Um, I actually have a friend. We got to get him in here someday and tell the story. He still doesn't like to talk about it, so I'm not going to mention his name in case I can never get him in here. But during a reforger, which was the largest return uh, of forces to Germany, right? It was the largest uh, combat exercise in the world that used to happen every four years, where we'd send over all of NATO would ramp up like we're getting ready to. It was a big deal. It was a big deal yeah. to go. Mm -hmm. Well, my 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 friend lost a CEOI. Ooh. They stopped Reforger. I mean, oh no! They, that, they you, held up Reforger. They held up Reforger. Oh, no, no, no. Now, no. I wouldn't want to be that guy. Well, I don't know if he ended up being your analysis officer or something else for the <laughs> brigade, but <laughs> it, it didn't go well. And and unfortunately, in in a tank, you know, there's lots of places. And he was in his tank. He was a young lieutenant. And he, first of all, he was honest and said that he lost. He couldn't find it. So at least he was honest about that. But ultimately, they found it. I think it fell under the turret. You know, there's a turret ring. The turret, right. the, the, mm -hmm. You know, the turret turns, and underneath there's like 12 batteries. I bet they took that tank apart looking for that thing. Well, they didn't enough because it took a couple of days. But literally, Reforger stopped because they were afraid that the Soviets had gotten their hands on, oh, no. potentially got their hands on a way to compromise all the communications on the ground. Oh, yeah. Once they get the key, Matt, they, 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 they can... Get, yeah. yeah they it's can, all over. It's yeah, all it's over. over. So, But imagine this. So same thing. Used to carry these things around our necks. Um, and the books were like two inches thick. Mm -hmm. You know, they were about maybe six by four mm. and, and had all kinds of different types of stuff for communication. And it was just such a royal pain in the butt. But those were something that, uh, you know, we had training ones, and then we had the real ones. Hmm. And thank God, by the time, you know, Desert Storm came around, everybody had encrypted radios. Uh, so you didn't have to worry about this archaic what way of crazy thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, it, I mean, something that simple. Oh, the 1940s. Yes. Yeah, until they came up with encrypted radios. I mean, it was Harris Communication here in Rochester, uh, you know, came up with these first encrypted radios, and uh, you know they became the, that's the standard. I can tell you that they still use a lot of those things the same way they did thirty years ago. Yeah, I mean because um, it's tried and tested and and, uh, and they're accountable, and they want accountability. They want to make sure that none of that stuff gets out, uh, and if it does, there's hell to pay. Yeah. Oh. My my vehicle flipped on its side in Desert Storm, and it messed up all the radios. <laughs> really? I lost all my encryption, and oh. I'm out in the middle of nowhere, and you just can't load it back in. Oh, yeah, you, you yeah. need you need this little like a fob. It looks like a, um, you know, it looks looks just like a little fob that you have to stick in there that's encrypted, and um, and so communicating became very challenging for us for about a half a day. Uh, because we couldn't talk to anybody, but those things happen, and you work figure out how to work arounds, and uh, uh, you do what I'm you have to do. All right, I'm hearing some music, Alan. Thank you so much for coming in. Appreciate you. Always welcome. Please come back and see us. Good help, Alan. Seeing you. Hey, yeah. it's nice meeting you. Okay. All right, Steve. Have a great week. Thank you, uh, Doctor Bob. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Keep our soldiers, sailors, Marines, Coasties. 
Guardians. Guardians. All of those people serving. Did you say, did you say sailors? I did say sailors. Okay. Soldier right. sailors. Just I checking. Started. All right. I would never forget what Steve's sitting here. Have a great week, folks. We'll see you next week on Valor Radio. Glory. I just do it anyway. Providing for our futures. My responsibility. Yeah, I'm real good on the This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer to protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform. Now, Valor Radio. Well, hello and welcome, my soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, and civilians, all our friends here in the Big Tent. Boy, we've got at least three of those categories covered this morning on Valor Radio as we welcome in the colonel and the captain. Go ahead, colonel. Well, thanks, Robert. Uh, Thank you for allowing me to go ahead today. I figure I might say a couple things right now because I'm not going to get a chance to say much the rest of the show. (laughs) That's very busy in the studio. It is. The the studio's packed this morning. Uh, In addition to uh, Dr. Bob Savage and Captain Steve Momano, we have uh, one of our very loyal advertisers and friends, um, Alan Ginsberg, uh, in the studio this morning covering that civilian piece. How are you, Alan? I'm good. Good, Paul. This is this is early, but this is good. This well, is good. All right. Well, it's good. Nice to start your day early. You'll get a lot done today, and you'll be ready to go home at 2 o'clock instead of 6 o'clock. I, I have to. <clears> yeah, I, I will be. I'll be ready for bed by 3. All right. Remember, the Army does more before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. That's right. Don't you forget that. So I'll write that down. We got a crew in here today. We're, we got a couple military things to talk about, but it's nice to have Alan in because he brings a little bit of a different perspective. Uh, uh, you know, we all worry about uh, some of the economic trends we see going on, what we're spending for gas, what we're spending, what we're seeing all around, interest rates, other things, and they affect our lives um, pretty <clears throat> significantly, most people anyway. Oh, by the way, uh, Bob, you left off Guardians this morning. Did I, I? Don't, I don't know if you have Whoops. a. I don't know if you have something against Guardians, but just wanted to make sure uh, we didn't. How can I forget? Yeah. Well, how can I forget them with that uniform? Right, right. I know with the Star Trek uniform, but uh, man, so. A couple of things. We, we, we can talk about anything we want today, but, you know, Steve passed on a few <clears throat> things this week. I sent him a few things. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the things you do when you want to join the Army, uh, when you want to enlist in any of the military services, you take a, oh a test. And it's it's like uh, they call it the ASFAB, and I'm not I don't remember exactly what that stands for, but I, I've got it here. But I could look it up. But it it's a test. I think it's Armed Services Vocational Aptitude See, Battery. See, that's why you get the big bucks. Look he's, at that. He's, he's military intelligence. <laughs> he remembers, and that's the other thing. The Navy is really into all those acronyms. So oh, they uh, are. Yeah, oh, big time. Um, I worked in the naval headquarters, and you not know, as I, much as the Air Force. 
Well, I don't think so. No, I the think Air the Navy's got, got it over the, the top. It, yeah. Bottom line is you got to carry a dictionary around with you to translate when you're listening to these guys talk and gals talk. Do you ever hear one of those events when where you're sitting around a, the, a table uh, doing a staff meeting or something, and, and everybody's talking in acronyms, and finally it just dawns on everybody, and you start laughing, and people say, if somebody walked by that door and listened to what we're saying, they wouldn't know what the hell we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know. Well, that's definitely. So we've got this. Yes, by design. Yeah. We've got this so. ASVAB <laughs> test, and I took it. I don't know if you actually took it as part of ROTC I did. or not. Okay. I, I did uh, before, and, before I went in ROTC. Right. Same thing. Um, it's like an IQ test. And, you know, it'll have everything on there. It's a time test. And based on the score that you get on that test, depending on the score, certain specialties within the military, within the Army or the Navy, you have to get certain scores in order to qualify to even be considered for mm-hmm. those specialties. So, right. Um, and, and the scoring goes from like the 70s up to what, the one teens or something? Yeah. Something like Past that. 100, yeah, yeah, sort of like the IQ test type thing. And um, so you got to get past that test, though. You got to get past the minimum, which I think is a 70, in order to. Oh boy, I never. We never even got close to the minimums. No, I know, we were, I know. Well, it's the Navy. We expect the, high. The Intel programs real. were very, very selective, right? And, and you had, I think you had like a one hundred and something, hundred like three or, or hundred five yeah. or something, something like that. right? Yeah. So, but the military, we've saw heard all these problems with recruiting. First of all, even getting people through the door, mm-hmm. but significant numbers of them have been failing this ASFAB test. Failing. Failing, failing? not scoring yeah. the seventy. On not it. even getting close. And, really? And, Whoa! And it's it's not wow. it's not what I would call a difficult test, but it, you know, it'll ask you like. Well, it's we'll not call, a good sign, though. No, so I'm getting to that because it's I think it's a bigger societal thing. Yes. So the bottom line is, and, and I remember, I, and I took this test. I took another test for the Navy too to be a naval flight officer. It was like an aptitude test. Oh, you took test. the AQT FAR, yeah, right? Oh, that's a weird test. That man. is a weird test, right? But okay. but right. the ASVAB AQ, itself, AQT, yeah, uh, we'll talk aviation, about that in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can talk aviation about that. qualification test, right? Uh, FAR, FAR. I don't know. aptitude ratio. No, we're going to try not to. That's why I just use what the test is about because I don't remember all these acronyms. But he's a military. Well, that's why he's talking with their hands and stuff. After you take the AQT. T F A R. You're going to talk with your yeah. hands. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to. <laughs> so anyway, so all these so all these people that want to go in the service, these few that want to go in the service, are failing this test. A significant number of them. Significant. And the test really hasn't evolved in the last twenty or thirty no. years. It's pretty much the same test that right. Steve and I took. You know, back in the eighties or seventies, um, because it's a basic. You know. Uh, test of, nuts and bolts. Yeah, very basic stuff. It might have what we might call a complex math problem. So do I multiply first or add first? Do I, you know, and then it'll give you a word, like you read a paragraph and you've got to answer a couple of questions. But it's like an IQ test. So these people are doing really poorly. So one of the things they've decided, because in school now, I guess, kids are allowed to have calculators for everything they do starting out at very low levels of school. Sure. Well, so you're saying sure, but sure. I mean, in, in today's world, yeah, you, you know, this is what they do. Yeah, because calculus has changed since you and I went to school, and and trigonometry has changed, and yeah. geometry has changed since you and I went to school. Um, it's new now, and you can't do it without a calculator. No, the bottom line is the kids are brought up; they're more interested in the kids getting to the solutions rather than working through these problems and and developing that part of their mind. So, bottom line is the military is letting kids use 
calculators on the ASVAB, which is, I, I think there's basic skills. It blows it, my mind. I know. It, it just blows my mind. There's basic skills in life, and there's so many things that you have to do. When I was a young officer in the military, like I had to be able to calculate. I know you're going to, this is a terrible thing to even think about, but I had to, I had to be able to figure out without a calculator or anything else, if a tactical nuclear bomb went off, you know, seven miles from me, you know, what was going to be the downwind effect of that? Oh, really? And for how far and how long and, and. Did you have your phone with you that you could... There was no phones back then. <laughs> I was in an attack squadron. We didn't worry about that. Stuff. I know, because you just drop and run. Yeah. And you don't we see, just the, you don't see the product. i got to yeah. be on the battlefield. But, no, to, you know, when I was going through my office, cavalry, cavalry officer's course, basic officer's course, I had to look at yeah. a bridge really? and be able to figure out, can this vehicle go across that bridge? I had to go and measure, you know, the size... Of the steel or the wood, and do a calculation and say, I really? had to be able to do that. Wow. <clears throat> That's impressive. Without, <clears throat> without a calculator, I had to be able to do that. I had to be able to map read. I had to be able to figure out routes and times. And, and that separates the men from the boys a lot of, in a lot of cases, map reading. Well, that that's really? a whole nother. Yeah, because a, a lot of people can't uh, land navigate. Right. So now, interestingly, I was reading an article when I was flying back from Florida on one of these trips that there's a per- certain portion of the mine that develops as a result of map reading and a few other functions. My bad. And they're saying because we don't use maps anymore because we follow our phones that we're actually atrophying this part what? of our brain. No. Because there's no other way. For they don't the, use maps now? Who you? No, I'm saying nobody uses maps. I'm talking about regular people. You know, you used to go well, on a oh, trip. Oh, I see. You'd go regular to, people. Yeah. 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 You had to go someplace. Get you pull out there. your city map. I still, I still pull out maps. Well, you're, I love maps. You're an anomaly. I am an anomaly. You're a dinosaur. Yeah. I, but I am. So, I am. Anyway, so the world's changing. But, you know. Uh, the 80s called. The, the 80s <laughs> called. <laughs> you know. Their maps back. You know, they, want, they want their maps You know, one back. of the most, uh, most impressive things to watch, if you've never seen it, is a field artillery crew Ooh. setting a gun. Uh, that, that, that gets me ton hot. That right. field artillery yeah. stuff, man. You know. Getting a gun in an exact location and then getting around on target. There's a lot of arithmetic and math involved in that whole process, and it all used to, you had to be able to do it by hand. Now there's these computer control centers I know. to tell you how to set your gun up and do everything. I, the world has changed. Yeah. Uh, we're hearing some music here. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and uh, talk more about numbers with Alan uh, Ginsberg, uh, Captain Steve Momano, and Dr. Bob Savage. All right, real quick as we go to break here, Captain, uh, name the artist. Before you judge our minds, I don't know. How about Bachman Turner Overdrive? Get out of here. <laughs> That's Randy Bachman? This is Randy Bachman. Get the hell out yep, of here. Yep. What year is this? Uh, 72, wow. 73. What was he driving back then? Wow. I keep late hours. You're nine to five. So I would like you to know I need the quiet hours to create in this world of mine. Luke, call 
go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008, or mgminsure.com. An associate of Finger Lakes Fire and Casualty, Route 227, Trumansburg, New York. The colors are red for valor, white for innocence, and blue for justice. Our nation's flag proclaims liberty for all, and our military service members continue to fight for the right to live in freedom. Honor their service and sacrifice with an American-made flag from the Stars and Stripes Flag Store. Visit eflagstore.com to shop now. All proceeds support Veterans Outreach Center and local veterans. Join Abate Monroe County, American bikers aimed toward education and help adult bikers ride free and safe. Check out our meetings on the third Friday monthly at Wise Guys Diner and Catering, 2811 Dewey Avenue. Join Abate for less than 50 cents a week. Google Abate Monroe County on the web. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. Hello? Uh, I'm a Marine. It took me a long time to make this call. If you or a veteran in your life is experiencing thoughts of suicide, dial 988, then press 1 to reach the Veterans Crisis Line. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Well, we had a couple of requests here in the studio uh, from a couple of Junior Walker fans here on Valor Radio. We're back in with the <laughs> the Colonel, the Captain, and Allen Ginsberg of uh, AM Ginsberg Advisory Group. Colonel? Thanks, Robert. So, as long as we have Alan here, we're going to be sitting between uh, Steve and I. Yes. So, he's sort of in the hot seat. That's the oh, demilitarized God. zone. That's just, what I <laughs> crossfire. just what I need this early in the morning. Go ahead. That's right. So, uh, we're seeing things today that... Uh, uh, we haven't seen in most of my adult life. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Steve. I don't. Am I, am I the oldest guy other than the doctor here? But uh, you're not the oldest guy. You're never no. the oldest. If I'm here, you're never the oldest um, guy. <laughs> you're just a bit. Sixty-five. Yes, me too. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, next Why month. Why do you look so much better than me? That's uh, clean living. Right. So, you know, I came out. I came out of. Uh, uh, I bought my first house in 1981. Yep. Wow. Um, I was able to assume a VA mortgage that was already on the house. Were you married? Yes. In 81? Yeah. Wow. And um, I thought we had died and gone to heaven because we had a mortgage interest rate of 8.7%. That's a Because we, saw, we all know the end of the 70s. People were paying what 18, 19, yeah. 17. Were they really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And I thought we had died and gone to heaven being able to assume this 8.7% VA mortgage. I think we had 8.5 when I bought my first house. Okay, so I repay that? I didn't, but my my brother in uh, the late 1970s, he bought a house in uh, suburban Cleveland, and I think he had like a 16% mortgage. Ooh! Oh, it's nuts. It it was was during the Carter administration. It was insane. So we we jump forward 30 or 40 years, and the last last home I bought, I bought at 3%. My brother bought a home within a couple years, and actually had 2.5%. Seven two point eight percent interest rate on his home, um, and as we sit here today, mortgage rates are at about seven and a half percent, which is still, I guess, in the scheme of life, it, it it's not that bad. But when you compare it to three percent or two point seven percent, it's you know it's a gigantic, life changing interest rate. Um, we're starting to see other I. Identifiers in in uh, the country. We're seeing the amount of credit card debt jumping something like uh, twenty three or twenty four percent in the last six months. Uh, oh, twenty five percent, and people are paying obviously you know twenty five percent interest rates on credit cards. New car loans. Most of us were buying cars at zero percent interest for the last decade, right? Or you know, one percent or one point two percent, and now new car loans are pushing fourteen percent, twelve percent. Talking about twelve yeah, year twelve year terms, ten and twelve year terms. Right. Used car loans nine percent. Um and I already mentioned the mortgage rate now is seven and a half percent. Are you checking out the I mean when they say nine percent, are you looking at it? As um, what's the credit rating of that person? Or oh, I'm talking, you know, cross section, of course. Cross section, yeah. You know, household debt has gone up uh, pretty dramatically. Uh, we're looking at a number, and it's all relative, right? Because it, if it if it's a gigantic number, but it's the same as it was five years ago, but it's gone up, you know, fairly dramatically. Everybody is uh, spending more money. Um, we The amount of savings that people were putting away has, is going down according to these bank reports and eco- economic reports. So things are tough right now. Um, inflation is pushing, uh, what, 7 8%. It topped out at and now it's lower so it's four or five percent yet we had gotten into you know we're under two percent inflation for several years and you know people were able to do a lot of things so right now economically things are are tough i'm not gonna i won't bring direct you know i won't call it bidenomics because i don't want to offend anybody in the room here (laughs) um but uh what 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 do you tell what do you tell people that are investing with you and uh they're not you know the returns we all and anybody that had money in the market took a fairly significant yeah. hit the last two or three years some people are coming back i guess those people mm-hmm. that know how to manipulate their money in the market but regular folks with like me you know we don't see as much money there that was there two or three years nope. ago what, what what do you tell how do you discuss this with uh, folks and and try to bring some rationality to what's going on well, I, just um look i can't you know give any single advice but if you take a look right now i think you have to look at the fixed interest rate market cds right. <laughs> money market sure look at those type you know you sleep easy at night and you can get fairly good interest rates i think that's where you have to direct people in for for bigger pieces of money than it used to be and also you got to realize that 
in some cases right now, if you're still looking long term, you know what? It's still a good solid to be in the market is a good solid thing, because if you can just say, you know what, I'm not going to look at it for a while. It's going. It, typically, it will increase. I can't. No guarantees. No, I understand. Past performance does not guarantee future <laughs> sure. results. But so you've got people at different stages of life. So if we were sitting here at thirty-five years old, and we had another, you know, thirty-five years of work and investment ahead of us. That's one thing. You know, you got old guys sitting here now. Um, I, you know, my, I've got family members that have retired to Florida that are dependent on their investment income. Yep. You know, they put the goods, tried to be good savers in their lifetime and, you know, accumulated. Uh, so I'm not asking you for what to invest in or anything else, but, you know, I think you probably <laughs> have received a lot of calls in the last 18 months, 24 months of people a little bit anxious mm. about the future. I and, don't blame them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame. It. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have to say, I, I say that because look, I'm in that same boat. You know, I'm I'm not a spring chicken, um, and you know, as I get closer, I start to think about, okay, what am I going to do? But right now, I think you really, if you look at the, uh, you're talking more about looking at the fixed market for a little while until things, I think, settle down in the world. You know, you you still got. Uh, you, you still got the, the war going on with Russia and everything. I think that's a big part of everything there uh, in the Ukraine. That's, that's a part of it. And it's um, Bidenomics. <sighs> we printed a lot of money in the last couple of well, years. Yeah, well, that's the other part. That's the biggest part. We printed we a have, ton of money the last. We printed a lot of money, and now it's finally starting. People are starting. You know, that's where the inflation <laughs> is, is coming in from. But also, I think we were artificially low for years in interest rates. I mean, if you look at what banks were, you know, paying and whatever. Absolutely. It was, I think, artificially low. Um and there, there's got to be a point in reality which we're not at right now. I don't, I don't think, but you never know. But you know, there's going to come a time where we're going to settle into to a rate. I think that it may take. It's going to take a few years, but we'll settle into a rate. I think that you know is going to be um, more level. Right. I mean, I we all know over the course of what do they say over the course of thirty or forty years. Oh yeah. You know. Things usually work out to the advantage if right. you if you stay the course, right? Right. What do they say? Seven, eight percent over forty years. You can pretty much if you if you're consistent in what you're doing and yep. uh, and and you can generate a lot of money over a course of thirty or forty years. Uh, I guess the the fear, you know, that for people my age and older that are you know are are or will be dependent on on watching that. You see your, you know, it what happens in the market, what happens with the economy immediately and directly affects, you know, decisions you make on a daily basis. And um, I will say that, I mean, I've worked harder the last couple of years, you know, making sure, looking at accounts and everything and working with people. And, you know, because it's it's changing more quicker, um, not always for the better, you know. Faster than it has in a few years, and I, I, I do think the the, so the the last few years because of the pandemic that really changed the course of everything for a while, um, and it's going to take a bit of time I think to to get over that. So, 
right now, you I think if you look at, at just using um, safer investments, you're going to find you can get decent interest rates right now. You know, and if you're as long as you're willing to say, okay, I'll put it away for a year, a couple of years, I think you're going to sleep well at night and say, okay. You think credit cards are going to stay high, interest rates? <sighs> no, I mean eventually they'll. I think they'll come down. I, it, it's God. I, I'm just thinking back 2008 when I had um, credit cards, and all of a sudden I had a. I remember like having a credit card at eight percent, which I thought was great at the time, and all of a sudden. 2008, because of all the craziness, it jumped mm. out of nowhere. And they say, well, you haven't used it that much. You know? Uh-huh. I, I, and and store, store credit cards are always, the right. store credit cards are right. the worst. They're always going to be high. They are. It well, seems that way. It, it, it's an ongoing challenge. It's People have to be involved in their... And their financial security, they just can't hand it and say that's it. But uh, nope. um, it is a tough time right now. All right, I'm hearing some music. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back uh, with more with Captain Steve Mamano, Alan Ginsberg, Dr. Bob Savage, and me, the Colonel, Paul Simonelli. The Captain always enjoys, uh, like, uh, a little music commentary. A lot of people don't recognize uh, Tom Jones as being a top country singer, but he was once in 1968-69 with The Green Green Grass of Home. And there runs Listen to that. Yeah. It's, it, it hit the, With a little Welsh accent. Yeah. It's, so good. it's good to touch the green, green grass of home. We'll oh, that with, sounds good. Yeah, we'll be back with more Valor Radio on yes, WYSL. It's good to touch the green, green grass of home. The old house is still standing. 